Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. We are recording from a new medium today, so bear with us. <laughs> it's, it's a new medium, and even though uh, listeners who listen every week, uh, which, I mean, there's a few of you, but I can think of off the top of my head, uh, you know, you guys will be listening probably right after our last episode, but it's been about a month since we recorded. So I feel like we have a few things that are throwing us off on top of the fact that it's just like the most jam-packed two-parter, I think, so far. Yeah, and this two-parter actually aired back-to-back, correct? Yes, this one was a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 they had cliffhanger ones before, but this, and, you know, I think the the two mid-season finales uh, for the first and second season were each kind of cliffhangery, and the the finale for season one was, was a two-part episode, but it just continued from one end to the other. Yeah, yeah, so, and this one actually feels like it aired back-to-back, like it, the way that the second episode starts, like it seems it, there's no like recap. There's it's just straight into the episode. And it's yeah, like, it's it feels like a, 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 a part two for real rather than a cliffhanger and a, a conjoining episode like some of the other ones have. I feel like there's a, they have a clear breaking off point because I'm guessing just the way we watch television and whatnot and consume, like, I feel like sometimes you can pick up on things and it seems like it's just, it, it, it's separated out in the way that a two-parter, a two-part episode is separated out because they know they need to be able to put it in syndication. Like, I just yeah. made me think though, like, I wonder what channel Shield is on if it's on reruns anywhere. I feel like a TNT type show. I don't think it's... <laughs> on anywhere as rerun re, reruns yet it probably isn't but like it's kind of weird in a weird in a way but at the same time it's not just because like i think about it and disney and abc shows like that yeah like where they don't have a natural channel you know like like, like anything that's on nbc and owned by nbc is gonna gonna end up being reran on something like usa or sci-fi depending on the style of the show because they right. own those and that makes sense but it's like there isn't anything makes a lot of sense. Like we know we'll have everything on it. Just like that's on Netflix. Now it'll be on uh, uh Disney plus, but I think that's the only other thing it would be available on. Yeah. I think you're right. But yeah, I've never thought about how it's not running as a rerun on anything. I feel like some ABC shows do. Yeah. Right? Like, 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 like I know I'm almost positive that I've seen castle maybe on TNT. Like, like, yeah. flipping through the, the the tv guide before but uh it just made me think because they, they they did they split it up with you know writing and uh directing jobs and they split it up a little bit there's like a little bit of a cutoff point even though it flows really well i feel like it is because they want to be able to package them as individual episodes for syndication but like are shows even syndicated if they're not in cis or whatever anymore <laughs> what um what channel usually airs the star wars marathons Ooh, it feels like they've gone through Is like like there have been different ones in the past couple of years have like gotten the rights temporarily maybe okay i'm gonna, maybe look, that I'm gonna look that up out of curiosity though. okay well i will uh before we get started into the recap oh actually i'll explain the our what we're doing here so we are doing this um sos part one and part two as one episode like we usually do for these two parters so we're going to do the two episode synopses back to back and then we'll discuss and talk about spoilers after 
Uh, before we do that, uh, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. Um, so be sure to check them out on But Why Though PC on Twitter and their website, butwhythoughpodcast.com. Uh, we are super proud to be a part of their community. Um, have you found an answer yet? Uh, the, a preliminary search makes it look like TNT and TBS have both had it recently. Okay. And then... Yeah, everything else is like you could rent these on video on demand. Everything is catered oh. towards uh, online consumption now. Although, like I know cable companies are still around and desperate to get me to pay more every right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh well, that's interesting. Um, it is. I wonder if any of the Marvel films are up on cable channels. I'm sure some of them are, and I know that like relatively recently, some of them have been on like HBO or whatnot. I know that um, Venom was on a on a streaming channel, and it's not a Marvel Studios uh, film, but it's a Marvel movie still. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I'm now I'm like I've never thought about this before. I'm now I'm curious. Okay, but on to Agents of Shield. <laughs> this is season two, episode twenty-one and twenty-two, SOS Part One and Two, written by Jeffrey Bell, Jed Whedon, and Mo Tantron, and directed by Vincent Missiano and Billy Gearhart. Originally aired May twelfth, twenty fifteen, back to back. Um, if you will all remember, as part of this recap, um, for before this episode starts, uh, Cal took three vials of something before he got on the Quinjet. Um, and so he's on the Quinjet with shield agents and he's hopped up on some kind of cocktail here. So <laughs> if you, if we'll remember that, um, the episode starts off right where this last episode ended. Um, Jang is running out from her office building, whatever that was, where Gonzalez and her were talking, and she's on the ground. She say she says that Gonzalez shot her, and Gonzalez thinks Inhumans should be exterminated. And everybody's running to her, and chaos. It's it's chaotic, and Simmons is trying to help because she's a doctor, and Jiang's like, no, we have our own doctors. Please go away. And Sky suggests that she and the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D. leave, <laughs> which is probably a good idea. Um, we find out Bobby isn't answering her phone. And she never showed up um, at Afterlife. And so they're starting to worry about her. And um, Simmons shows up on comms uh, on the Quinjet to update them on the situation that Jiang's been shot. And it was Gonzalez that shot her, supposedly. And Coulson's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, go find Gonzalez and we'll figure this out. Because um, she didn't actually see Gonzalez anywhere. <laughs> so they don't know what happened to him. Um Gordon, meanwhile, and another unnamed inhuman take one of the other Quinjets that only has two agents on it, and they fly up and shoot at Afterlife as Jiang, Lincoln, and Sky are running away to get medical help for Jiang. And they fall to the ground, and Jiang blames Sky, which, wow, what a manipulative bitch. Like, she knows that she orchestrated all of this, and uh, <laughs> she's like trying to make, like, gaslight her daughter into believing that it was her fault somehow, which, wow. Um, anyway, she runs off with some help that comes, and Shield shows up, and uh, Sky quakes apart the guy's gun and takes him out. And then May shows up, and May's like, Look, I don't want to hurt you. They fight, and. 
Um, this guy goes, I'm sorry, maybe you're not welcome here. And she quakes at her and knocks me out and uh, runs away <laughs> with unconscious May laying on the ground, which is really sad to watch. <laughs> I really like reading in the notes, uh, Sky quakes at her. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say, like how to explain that. So she quakes at her. <laughs> like- <laughs> I think that's pretty good. It's like, I mean, that's, that's as good as any comic book fan would come up with for sure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that in these notes today so be prepared to be entertained (laughs) the audience can't see them but you can discuss them if you'd like (laughs) um so back on the iliad um mac is walking and talking with that bearded agent which i can never remember his name um and he talks about what he's going to do when he leaves shield he's going to go take you know him and his brother are going to go for a ride down in Baja and an alarm starts going off. So we know that something's up um, and May wakes up on the Quinjet and Weaver, Coulson and Simmons are talking on Skype <laughs> and Simmons suspects that Gonzalez did attack Jaying and Weaver is like, no, he wouldn't do that. And Coulson's like, no, Gonzalez isn't that type of man. <laughs> and Simmons is like, yeah, Gonzalez would never attack a base unprovoked, which too real but um colson doesn't think gonzalez did it and weaver mentions that they went to great lengths to find a peace offering to give to jaying so she's like he wouldn't have done that um but colson thinks that cal might know something all about this um and he is sitting on their quinjet so they're going to interrogate him at some point Back at Afterlife, Jaying is getting care for her wounds and Sky is offering to help. She's like, if she needs blood, I can donate blood, whatever she needs. And Lincoln's like, I think you've helped enough. And he's super antagonistic towards her. And Sky's like, what, did th- what the fuck? Like, I had no idea this was going to happen. You guys really think that I knew about this? And Jaying's just like, I can't do this right now. You guys need to leave. <laughs> like, But goddamn, like. Jiang's like turning Lincoln against Sky now, which sucks. Um, so Sky r- goes to Reyna for answers, and Sky's like, "You knew what was going to happen. Like, you know what's going to happen next." And Reyna's like, "You wouldn't believe me if if I told you." And um, Reyna starts mentioning that their paths have been intertwined since they were born, and she's talking in all these metaphors, like the thorn must protect the daisy and all this stuff. And um, she says, you know. Sky gets frustrated and she's like, why did I even bother coming here? Like, you're just talking in metaphors. And um, Raina's like, look, your mother isn't leading. She's misleading. It's you who's destined to lead. And Sky leaves. Um, Gordon returns to Jiang's room with a shield agent, the one that was from the Quinjet. And Jiang sucks the life out of him. So now we know more about Jiang's healing power. She doesn't heal. She like takes life from others to live longer and to uh, uh, heal from her injuries, which God damn, that is dark. <laughs> yeah. It's- no, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And I love that they didn't decide to reveal this until now, until we already know that she's like kind of manipulative and kind of evil. Cause it's like, Ooh, that is like on par for the course. <laughs> like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, how could you not turn into this when that's your power? Yeah, no, it does. It, it's it's like it would have been a little bit uh, – it would have undercut the surprise if we oh, would have known sure. ahead of time that she was some sort of life vampire. <laughs> right? That's a really good phrase, life vampire. <laughs> um, 
So back at the playground, Cal is brought down into the base and Colson, he has headphones on and he's like singing and Colson tries to ask him what he knows and he's like super unhelpful as expected. And so Colson just like puts the headphones back on him and he's just like smiling and looking around and Simmons notices um, the empty vials and she's like, ah, he took these. I'm going to go figure out what's in them because he could be dangerous. Um, he could be a Trojan horse. And so, uh, May is there and Coulson asks May if they've lost Sky and May's like, no, we didn't lose her. Sky chose and she is mad. <laughs> um and uh fit in, in the, during this, uh Fitz and Hunter figure out that 33 posed as May and took Bobby. So at least they they know who has her. Ugh. Um and we go to somewhere and Bobby is tied up. And 33 and Ward want to want her to admit what she's done to 33 and she's just looking at them like what the fuck are you guys talking about and apparently she handed 33 to hydra when she was undercover and ward wants to give 33 closure for like all the torture that she received from whitehall and bakshi so they're going to torture her until she apologizes which is it makes complete sense right (laughs) (laughs) lord they're so nuts. I really don't like this storyline with with Bobby and Ward and 33. It, like, really bothers me. But, oh, my God. Just shows how nuts they are. Um, back at Afterlife, Jaying is well again. And Sky's like, oh, my God. Like, you're okay? And Jaying's like, yeah, that's my power. I can heal. And Sky's just, like, really bothered about how bad everything is. She's like, I can't believe all of this is happening. And Jaying wants to take the fight to S.H.I.E.L.D. so that the inhumans can finally be safe and sky's like what and she's like look think about it but you know this is true like they're always going to hunt us like they were like the whole reason shield was created was to like stop people like us that have powers um and so she hands her the the charm that gonzalez gave her and is like bring me this charm back if you decide to join us um and let us know when you're ready um and Coulson has discovered that Jaying staged everything because the building that they bombed was empty and they know that the Inhumans stole the Quinjet. And uh, May and Hunter are going to go after Bobby because they know Ward has something to do, something to do with this and May wants her revenge, <laughs> which is great. And oh my God, Ward is so disgusting. So he's like, he has this little monologue about how he knows any S.H.I.E.L.D. agent worth their salt as like, been trained to endure torture and so he knows that they any pain that they bring upon her will like she'll she can get used to it and it won't be as bad and so he decides to give her a paralytic and um an anesthetic so that she doesn't feel the pain right away and then as soon as it all wears off um it'll all come crashing down it'll be way worse and so he puts these needles in bobby's fingers and i'm like why did you guys have to show that And even still, she's like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm not apologizing. And if I ever do apologize under torture, you know that I didn't mean a word of it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, girl. Like, oh, I love her so much. Um, And this is in another scene, but I'm just putting this here for time. Um, 33 is watching Bobby's eyes and she notices when she starts to feel pain because her pupils um, dilate and she's like, it's happening. She feels it. And she's like so gleeful and she goes and runs to Ward and like hugs him. And Bobby's like, and, and Bobby's like, what are you guys doing? Like, and Ward's like, oh, I'm helping her like 
come to terms with what happened to her. And Bobby's like, well, take her to Hawaii. Like, instead of being so fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yes, take her to Hawaii, which is like what we're all thinking. Like, why do you guys have to do this? You're so nuts. On the Iliad, um, Weaver and Coulson are discussing strategy. Weaver wants to attack um, preemptively, and Coulson wants more intel first. And Mac shows up, and um, Mac agrees with Coulson. He doesn't want to attack, but he wants to see this settled. So he's going to stick around until all of this is is concluded. And and Coulson is going to go interrogate Cal because he thinks that he knows something um, that he can help them. Um, and back at, the, back at the playground, Cal is in his cell and he's wrapped up in a blanket and he's cold. And Coulson's like, oh, we can give you more blankets or some hot cocoa. And Cal's being very dramatic. He's like, are you mocking me? Um, and they're, they're just talking back and forth. And Coulson, you know, is like, you know, you're a monster. Like you, uh, you know, Jayin got you to kill like a whole village of people with, with this concoction. Is that how you did it? And Cal's like, I did it with style. And he has this crazy look on his face. <laughs> oh my God. I love Cal in this episode so much. He's like the perfect crazy Cal, like throughout the whole thing. Um, and Simmons has discovered what's in this serum and it's basically like a super strength cocktail. And she's like, yeah, it's an ill-conceived attempt at super strength. And uh, Coulson's like, other than cap, every attempt has been ill-conceived, which is so true. <laughs> Too real. At Afterlife, Jaying and Raina meet on a bridge in the dark. And um, Raina mentions how she's always wanted to lead. She thinks she was meant to lead, but now she knows that she's meant to illuminate. And she's going to reveal Jaying and everything that she's done and is going to do. And Jaying doesn't like that. And she stabs her in the throat. And Sky sees everything. And she has she was holding the charm and she drops it, which like obviously she had meant to join her mother. And now she's like, oh, my God, I can't do that. She knows now that Jayan killed Gonzalez and she's like, why would you do this? And a guard knocks her out and takes her away. And Jayan doesn't seem very bothered by any of this, which is. Ugh. At the playground, Cal is now hot. Um, he's gone from cold to hot. And he's like dumping water on his head. And Coulson's wondering like if he was, you know, if Jiang planted him there to just take out some shield agents. And Cal's like, I'm not going to take out just some shield agents. I'm going to take out as many as I can. <laughs> and... Um, Meanwhile, Hunter and Bobby find the Quinjet in Spain, um, and they see that Bobby fought back. And um, at the place where Bobby's at, the building, she's like struggling and she's to find a way out, and she's very obviously in pain. And Ward walks in with coffee, and he's like, I could do this all night. And um, he suggests that he and Bobby are a lot of like, and the look that she gives him is so classic. She's just like, What the fuck are you talking about? We are nothing alike. Um, and he starts, you know, he's still talking nonsense and like how they are, you know, they, they pretend there's someone on the outside, but deep down there's someone else. And he starts coming close. Um, and he's like at the table where Bobby is and he's like leaning in close and talking to her. And Bobby's like, we're nothing alike. And she gets free and she pulls the needles out of her hand and stabs Ward in the neck <laughs> and they fight. Um, and she's like kicking his ass, even in the state that she's in and 33 shows up. And so she's handling both of them for a while, but Ward kicks her down and he kicks her in the leg and like fucks up her knee. And then he gives 33 the gun to shoot her. And she's, they're like, do you have anything to say? And she's like, I'd do it all again. And for a second, 33 is like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. And you think that she's like having a change of heart. But no, she's like, she doesn't care if she dies. This doesn't mean anything to her. They want her to suffer more. 
So Ward has a plan, of course he does. King of king of making people suffer, including the audience. Um, <laughs> so Cal is upset at Coulson. He's like yelling at him because Coulson calls Sky Daisy, and Coulson's confused because in the past Cal is usually upset when they call her Sky. He's like, "That's not her name." He's like, "Wait, I thought what? Oh, never mind." Like Cal is clearly not in his right mind, and then he goes into cardiac arrest. They get him into the lab and they shock him and nothing happens because flatlining is in a shockable rhythm. <laughs> it's a little bit of medical information. <laughs> but anyway, um, it drives me nuts when I see it on TV shows. Um, but Simmons injects him with epinephrine or adrenaline, whatever you want to call it. And it's just what his crazy cocktail was missing. And so he transforms into this crazy weird monster and like literally like gross nails like his face changes uh, this is like the weirdest transformation like i don't understand why they did this like how do you feel about this monster cal like <laughs> it, it feels like such weird choices like the part of him that it becomes m- monstrous is like his forehead and brow right like, like he loses how does his that eyebrows. Make him super strong. Like he <laughs> looks like Chrome. He looks like Cro-Magnon for sure. Like he looks caveman-y. But you yeah. think that would go along with being like Hulkish, you know, like yeah. huge and, and imposing, like it is in the comic books. But instead, they just took like the kind of like it looks like it looks like he's started the process to put on the makeup for the those Geico caveman commercials. Yeah. <laughs> but they like stopped like an hour in. They're like, what? This is six hours? No, he's not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's and I know that's not what they were going for, is it? <laughs> but but that's how it feels like. It's super it weird. It's it, super weird. It just feels incomplete, right? Yeah. Like 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 yeah. they're missing the prosthetic pecs and shoulders and biceps <laughs> that you think you would have yeah he's still like a super slim guy like he just has like a weird face now and weird hands does not look like he's a giant super strong dude and yeah. it's a weird it's a weird choice to do anything at all i feel like that's what but i just, felt like too <laughs> just have him be like oh he's super strong now <laughs> like, i don't I don't know. Or like give him like crazy bloodshot eyes or something. Like, I don't even know. Like there's so many. I just thought this was a really weird choice. And I was like, okay, cool. And it kind of took me out of the moment. So I was like, oh, whoa, what are they doing? But then I was like able to get over it and just watch him as crazy Cal. But yeah, it was for sure a weird choice. Um, Anyway, he's like, did someone ask for a monster or whatever his line is his crazy line um and they try to ice him with icers and it doesn't stop him he's just like oh no i can't feel my legs but he keeps walking and then colson and he's like destroying the lab he's like trying to kill colson and he's colson's suggesting that this is all jayang's plan and cal doesn't have to go along with it and cal's like i'm fine with that i'm willing to do whatever she asks that's why she loves me <laughs> like and he's just like continuing to like throw things at colson and colson no, runs away <laughs> it was like a little bit of a like you knew that he was aware of her goals or whatever but like at the same time he has a little more self-awareness that i think i expected as a viewer yeah. <laughs> it's a little surprising yeah um well he just he knows but doesn't seem to care like he's fine with it at least on the sur- at least on the surface it's just like oh yeah no i'm being used. like it bring it on i'm being used <laughs> yeah exactly well we find out later that that's not the case he's not fine with it um 
So on the Iliad, um, Mac is um, being useful, as Weaver asked him to be useful earlier. Um, And he hears people in the hallway and he looks and it's in humans walking down the hallway of the ship and he sees that they're carrying an unconscious sky. And so he knows an attack is coming. So he's going to get ready, which fuck yeah. I love I love battle ready Mac Um, on the Quinjet Hunter realizes Bobby's phone is back on so they can trace it now. And May's like, this is a trap. And Hunter's like, I don't care. It's, you know, that's my whole marriage to Bobby was a trap. (laughs) And so Ward and 33 are setting up a gun to go off when someone enters the room that Bobby's in. Um, So they're setting it up for Hunter to be killed in front of Bobby um, so that that's how she can suffer, which, Oh my God, these two are so twisted. Um, on the Iliad, um, Gordon uh, teleports into the room that has the weird alien stone thing, and Mac shows up with an axe, and he's like trying to take him out. And this, the inhuman redhead that we've seen in previous episodes uh, makes copies of herself and starts running around the ship. Lincoln shuts down the power, and Weaver tries to send a distress call to Coulson, but they're distracted with Cal because he's trying to kill them. Um, and Coulson has to pin him to the wall of the hangar with a car and that's how they stop him and Jiang shows up on the Iliad and the ship is taken and she's brought Terrigen crystals with her and that's the end of part one part two we go right back into it um Coulson is trying to talk to Cal as he's pinned against the wall he's trying to appeal to the family man side of Cal and Coulson says you know I don't believe that you're a monster but he thinks that Jaying is and Cal becomes very upset and he's like look I was just trying to put my family back together and he mentions how Jaying was never the same after Whitehall he put her back together piece by piece and um you know her heart was ripped out she never she never got it back and um he felt like he had to change to be worthy of her and Colson's like look you want to protect your daughter you know sky is the closest thing that i have to family i want to protect her too like let's go do that even if it's like protecting her from from her mother and so they decide to go save sky together it's kind of a sweet moment even though cal looks super crazy <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> and it's a little distracting um on the iliad uh, mac takes out one of the redheads and then lets sky out of her cell um he needs her to hack something, which we haven't had Sky's hacking skills in quite a while. So I'm glad they're back. <laughs> we probably won't see them again for a long time. Um, there's a beacon that is hardwired into the ship that has turned on and it's um, directing S.H.I.E.L.D. to come to their aid. And Jaying wants them to expand the beacon so that all of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes so they can just take out everybody in one fell swoop. And um, the same bearded agent that I can't remember his name refuses. And so she puts him in a room with these two other agents and throws a Terrigen crystal in the room with him. And they watch them die. And Lincoln is starting to have second thoughts because <laughs> he's like, whoa, this may might not be what I signed up for. Um, we go back to the playground and Cal is fixed. Like he looks normal again. They, he has like an IV and I don't know, but Simmons like, Oh, his physical properties seem to be improving. And Cal goes, careful. I'm a married man. (laughs) And Simmons just looks at him like, okay, like let's not say anything to upset the crazy person. Oh my God. So crazy. But yeah, he looks normal again. So he's not distracting. Although he has those crazy like veins in his, his neck still, which is like, ugh. um, 
So in Spain, um, Manhunter going in to save Bobby, and Bobby hears Hunter calling for her down the hallway, and she starts trying to get loose. And um, Ward and 33 are taking out agents one by one, and May tricks 33, so she um, says on the radio for all agents to converge on this one point and wait till you see my face, knowing that 33 is listening. And the other agent that's with her is like, Hunter's the only agent left. And she's like, she doesn't know that. So she's going to trick her. And um, Hunter opens the door to the room that Bobby's in. And Bobby throws herself in front of the gun and gets shot instead of Hunter. And he's just like, oh, my God. And he, he she gets shot in like the back, like right above her heart. <laughs> and Ward accidentally kills 33 thinking she's May because she's wearing May's face because she was trying to trick everybody when May was tricking her. Oh, I was, I hate that they made me enjoy a fridging moment at all, but I know like seeing Ward having pain and the fact that 33 got gone so crazy on Bobby in the, by the end, but like mm-hmm. for a split second, I'm satisfied with that as a viewer. And I, and I was really upset with them <laughs> for, for yeah. making me feel at all satisfied. So I'm like, come on guys. Like same. And she's like a woman of color. There's like, and she's been tortured. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, no, there's yeah. just so many things. But also, it's super gross. She chose a dark path. <laughs> and she's responsible for that. But yeah, it was. And then that we see this. There's this scene of like 33, like Ward holding 33 as she's dying, and then Hunter holding Bobby as she's dying. It's like this mirrored image of these two couples, which is like, ugh, like. There's like symbology there that I I can't even like think about because it's upsetting. <laughs> like um back of the playground Fitz makes this device to contain Gordon to one room and Bobby is delivered to the base and she's in really bad shape. Like she needs to go into surgery and the lab is destroyed so they have to make like a makeshift area to to surgically help her. <laughs> um and the Iliad um Mac and Sky are going to shut off the beacon so that no one else comes to the boat and guys like look i'm really sorry i didn't know and it's like max like yeah you know your mom got a little crazy i understand he's like i thought my mom was bad when she started watching fox news <laughs> which made me <laughs> laugh so hard <laughs> uh, mac has some good lines in this episode that, that, um, that is a pretty great mac line i know um and Sky is in the control room and Mac is going to go find a saw just in case Sky can't hack the beacon. And Lincoln finds Sky in the control room and he like zaps her and she's pleading with him to help because he's like, don't you see what Jiang has become? Um, and she's getting to him and then Mac knocks him out and she was like, I was getting through to him. And Mac's like, look, I'm in a, what is it? Bonk heads, ask questions later, from a mind, whatever he says, which is great also. Um, and so they hack the beacon and um, back at the base, May is calling Andrew just to, she just wanted to hear his voice. And he's like, you haven't done something like this since Bob Rain. And so he says, do good, Melinda, come home safe, which is really sweet. Um, and Cal apparently is coming to the Iliad with them and May is not happy about it. She's like, I would like to formally um, address my, I forget what she says, but basically she's like, I'm not happy he's here. <laughs> and Coulson's like, I gotcha. Don't worry. Um and Sky has sent out a signal in the beacon and basically she says it's a trap and then a second signal comes through and it says modified Terrigen crystals in the HVAC room. So they realize that Jaying is planning on breaking the crystals to circulate the mist throughout the entire ship so that everyone who's not inhuman dies. So Coulson tells all the other shield crafts to fall back um, and they're going to go in alone and Jaying sees what's happening and she's like, well, why are we waiting now? Let's just release the crystals now. 
And then it's my most favorite scene ever um, of Mac. Actually, maybe <laughs> of all time. Gordon shows up in the HVAC room and Mac is sitting there and he's like, you must be Gordon. Gordon's like, yeah, who are you? And Mac goes, I'm the guy who kills Gordon. And he's just, oh my God, I love this scene so much. I remember like screaming the first time I watched this. Like, yes. <laughs> no, it's it's very good action momenty stuff. And it, like, it reminds me just of stuff like not in, not in the same kind of delivery, but in the same kind of satisfaction as something from like Die Hard. Yes, where yes. there's nothing even really clever about the line or whatever, but the delivery and who's oh, saying it just works. So like, good because he's not other than being like blue collar dudes. Like he's not anything like John McClane. Like really, <laughs> no, he's always been like I don't want to fight. Like I don't want to be in combat, and here he is ready to fight. But and he, and so he does do the like the the not even snappy like 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 they, they feel like they're specifically engineered for actors like uh, Schwarzenegger or um, or what's his face uh, uh, Bruce Willis like 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 yeah. those kinds of guys who are just like I don't know like gruff big dudes or whatever and he does have that physicality in common but it's like he doesn't have the snappy one liner attitude in general, but he pulls it off when he needs it. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's the strength of both the character and, uh, and the actor for sure. And yeah. Henry Simmons pulls it off really well. It's excellent. It's my favorite ever. <laughs> um, I think there was a gif of that going around and I was using that for everything for a while. <laughs> like back then, Cause I was just so pleased. <laughs> Like I like that. It makes no sense. No, like, like, punctuate I'm everything. Gordon. <laughs> um, so after this, Sky confronts Jaying, and um, Jaying's like, "Sorry, I'm doing this," and she just leaves her, and she leaves the redheaded inhuman to take her out. So she, you know, makes a bunch of copies of herself, and they start fighting Sky. Um, and Cal meets Jaying in the hallway, and he's like pleading with her. He's like, "Please, like." What are you doing to our daughter? Like, we can turn this around. It's not too late. And he's like pleading with her to stop. And she's like, goodbye, Cal. <laughs> and Gordon pops in and takes him away and locks him in a room. Um, and Fitz and Colson show up to help Mac in the HVAC room. Um, Sky is kicking ass, but she's just outnumbered by these redheads and she goes down. And then Lincoln and May show up. So Lincoln's joined forces with them. Um, and they help her take out these redheads. Um, and Sky apologizes to me in this really sincere, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And May's like, I get it. It's fine. Um, and she offers to go after Jiang. She's like, I've done this before. Like, I can do it again. And Sky's like, no, I won't hesitate. I can do this. And so she goes off and, um, Lincoln and May are left to deal with the redheads. <laughs> I like how I don't know her name. <laughs> I don't think it's ever been mentioned. <laughs> Redheaded inhuman. Um, oh no! Uh, I don't know where it would have come up if it's just in credits or whatnot. But in my research to find find out if there were any comic connections, here's my one tiny, super tiny aside: no comic connections. But the redheaded inhuman is Alicia Whitley is the character's name. And I think the okay. actress's name is also Alicia. So I bet it's I bet it's a shout out to her. Yeah, and she's one of the few characters who doesn't exist uh, in the comics as well. Who is in the game Marvel Future Fight? She's, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, apparently in that season, she was popular enough uh, <laughs> to end up on one of their mobile games that used to be really popular. So all right, that's my, cool. my tidbit. No, no <laughs> comic connections. <laughs> that's a video game connection, right? There you go. Mobile for, game. <laughs> for our future fight player friends. Yep. 
Um, so Gordon returns to the HVAC room and he's like zapping in and out and Colson's so annoyed. He's like, I hate this guy so much. And uh, they turn on Fitz's device. And so Gordon can't teleport out of the room. He's stuck in the room. Um, and they're fighting with him and, you know, Mac has an ax. Colson has a wrench and Fitz has a pipe because they're scared of the ricochet from bullets. And so they're just like trying to like hit this guy who disappears the second that he shows up. And, um, Gordon teleports behind Fitz who's standing in front of the box of crystals and he gets a pole right in his midsection and it's so funny because everyone's like yeah Fitz and it's like he didn't really do anything he was just happened to be standing there <laughs> but anyway um uh, Gordon drops a crystal that he was holding in his hand and Coulson leaps to catch it before it breaks and he catches it in his bare hand and his hand starts to transform and we're just like no and then Matt cuts his hand off with the axe and Colson's like, ah! <laughs> it was, I totally forgot about that scene too, even though like we had like talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting for it, right? Like, like, I feel like we both had somehow got in our head that it had to do with the the, the climax of the previous season, you know, with, yeah. the, with, with the Inhuman City and, you know, where we lost a uh, trip. But mm -hmm. this, when it actually came, even though, like you said, we we talked about how we missed it so we knew it was coming and then like i think twice in our coverage of season two there have been different times where we've talked about how we know this is coming up yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet when it actually happens we're both like whoa what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> well because it's so sudden it's just like this really dramatic moment of his hand is turning what do we do and then an axe just falls and it, it's, it's gone it's fine <laughs> it's, it's also a moment where you realize because you didn't realize it when it was introduced in the previous episode, but that is not just an axe. That is Chekhov's axe. And that is coming. Oh. It, it is an important <laughs> story element coming ahead, you know, like, like oh and God. we should have, we should have figured out, but like, it's yeah. it, it, slight spoiler. I feel like this is not going, if anyone's possibly annoyed by this, I apologize, but I don't see how you, anyone could reasonably be, but eventually Mac doesn't use an axe a lot on this show. Because yeah. thing. But I don't think, I'm pretty sure this is the beginning of the act. Yeah. This was the pre was the first part of this two-parter. So yeah. I feel I feel like you know we've gotten so used to it that that when it appeared on the screen I wasn't I didn't think anything of it. But like in any other show, you know, it's a it's a spy show. They've got lasers and guns and icers and all this stuff. It's like, and yet this, this dude walks in with an ax. It's like, there's a reason for that. <laughs> like they, they need that ax for a scene coming up. And on any other show, I think I would have maybe like been thinking that's going to come up in the future. But, <laughs> but no, because I've already been programmed to think, Oh, when the going gets tough, Max brings an ax. <laughs> like Mac has an ax on him. Just yeah. Well, and also, like, they, he makes a good point earlier in this in the episode, like, I think Coulson offers him a gut and Mac is like, nah, I'll stick with the axe, like, the ricochet in here is going to be really bad. So it's like, there's a point, you know, there's a good reason for him to use an axe and, like, for Coulson to have a wrench rather than using guns. Absolutely. Um, so, it, like... You don't want to damage the ship you're on. You want it to stay afloat, not... Right. Or anything, <laughs> or... Yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's a whole point of him, like, no, the, I'm going to stick with the axe. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's funny that he does use an axe more, like, later on. Like, he he's like, oh, I like this. <laughs> but we needed the axe for this scene, <laughs> specifically. 
Oh, God. Um, so Jiaying is leaving with the crystals. She's up on the top of the ship and Sky catches up and they have this like Vader Luke mo- moment of like, join me and rule the galaxy. And Sky refuses. And Jiaying is like, my daughter, like, I thought you were the reason I tried to stay alive, that you were what gave me power, but this is my true power. And she starts to drain the life from Sky. And Sky's like, what, Mom, what are you doing? And Sky, like, gathers the strength to quake the Quinjet and the crystals into the ocean. And Jiang's like, no. And she turns on Sky again and Sky Sky fights back. She starts trying to quake her mom. And Cal shows up and he's <laughs> like, I know, I know. <laughs> Cal shows up and he's like, you don't have to live with this pain. I will. And he grabs Jiang and he like breaks her back. And she's like, Cal, what are you doing? And he's like, keeping my promise. And he kills her. And this moment is so sad to me because I cried like a baby because not only is the music really sad, but like Cal, everything Cal was trying to do was leading up to like them getting back together. And he's the one that kills her and like basically breaks his family up again. And it's like, dude, fuck. (laughs) Well, and he loved her, you know, it's like, this is, this is, this is. For so many different reasons, this is very painful. Yeah, it really is. And then it's like Sky like wanted this relationship with her mom so bad, and now that's not possible. Also, Ugh, I know it's it's all sad. Um, so now we're getting resolution back at the playground. Andrew is in Coulson's office, and Coulson's in a sling because he doesn't have a hand anymore. And they're talking about what's going on with the rest of the team. And Bobby wakes up and tells Hunter, she's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, because Hunter's like, you have a long road of recovery ahead of you. And we find out Mac isn't quitting. (laughs) And Coulson says, he kind of owed me after cutting off my hand without my permission. And um, they've put him in charge of all the alien artifacts because he's the one that's the most suspicious of them. And Simmons, there's this scene where Simmons is like, maybe if we just open the box to the stone, we get a probe in there, we can get better readings. And he's like, we aren't opening up that box in a thousand years. (laughs) Like, so he's the perfect person for this job. Um, We find out May is going on vacation. And Coulson asks, like, oh, does this have anything to do with the two of you, like, talking again? And Andrew's like, I can't speak about personal matters with my patient. And um, it's brought up that uh, May and Andrew broke into Coulson's office and drank a whole bottle of his scotch. And so maybe Andrew and her are back together again, which is kind of cute. And then we have this scene where Sky is saying goodbye to Cal because he's going away and he's like, maybe you could come visit. It would be the best day ever, Sky says. And Cal's like, no, I only have one. It's July 2nd, 1988. And they hug and they're crying and I'm crying and this relationship is just so sweet. And then we get Ward right after that, ruining everything. And so he meets up with some Hydra dudes in a bar and he's like, I need names. And apparently all of Hydra leadership is like, scattered or dead and now he has he's creating a team of hydra people great so ward's still around and he's sad and angry lovely um and then cal opens up a vet clinic and sky is standing there and he doesn't recognize her which is really sad but it's it's nice to know that he's okay um and he went through the tahiti program um to give him a second chance because he has so much left to give and uh, we find out that Sky is going to lead a team with powers and she's like the one thing that I want is for them to be anonymous like we can't be out in the open like the Avengers this has to be secret um, and then Coulson has this weird thing like his, this weird monologue about like how you know 
the consequences of what happened in the temple are going to ripple out for a long time. And he's like, me losing my hand is a reminder of that, that we have to deal with this fallout. And we go down to the bottom of the ocean where the Terrigen crystals are melting away. And oh no, we're going to have Terrigen fish oil out there for all these people to consume. <laughs> so I remember when I when I binged seasons one and two or the remainder season one and, and, and all two to like get caught up because I started watching during three. I remember getting to this point and just like my eyes could not have rolled back farther into my head. I was like, <laughs> oh no, it's the evil fish oil epidemic. It's like, I, I, I just have visions of like, of a scene in the next season starting with like a, someone at the uh, like a health food store just like with one of those little green baskets like instead of a cart check f- filling up and look grabbing and looking at a thing with fish oil supplements and just having like mac like just bust through a wall <laughs> in full tactical gear like with an axe <laughs> yeah with an axe and a SWAT team with him and just like smack it out of their hands just like put down that fish oil supplement <laughs> like it's like you don't know what you're doing and it's like what the fuck is going on like, I'm just trying to be a little more healthy I'm just trying to have better cardiac health with this fish oil. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Oh my god. But I mean, like, if you're gonna have a, like, global wide transformation for Inhumans, like, I guess this is the way to go. Although, I don't know that everyone takes fish oil, so maybe this isn't the best way. I don't know. (laughs) It just makes me laugh so much. Like, like, the idea that, like, fish oil is commonplace enough, but also it is, like, I don't know, man. What like like it's so specific. Like they didn't show a bunch of like uh, tuna being being fished and in can and stuff. Like yeah, I guess, because that would be so much more gruesome than just showing a little package of fish oil. <laughs> but like, guess what, man? They don't just borrow the oil from the fish. Like like, like yeah, it, it might not seem as gruesome, but it is just as gruesome. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not like, hey, you got any extra oil? We don't want to put you out. If you, you know? <laughs> That's not how it works. You gotta oh kill God. those fish. You do, and then you grind them up and you put them in like animal feed and stuff. Like you use the whole fish. You don't just use the oil. Right. Like- <laughs> exactly. Like the idea that this is like I don't know. I get. I do get why they did it the way they did it, but at the same time, it feels like. Feel like like something ma- more mass in terms of both consumption and in production, like tuna would make sense. Like, right? I don't even know. Like, I get like soy, <laughs> like soy's in everything. Like kelp, they use kelp for a lot of stuff. I don't That's know. True, they it's, do. I I'm guess not- all of these things could have happened, but they decided to show us the fish oil because that was the most menacing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Just so we're not. Look at, you can look at hipsters a little extra funny or whatever. It's like, hey, that person cares about health. <laughs> <laughs> All the That's health suspicious. nuts out there. <laughs> Good lord! So the episode isn't over. We have one last scene. So Fitz and Simmons are in the room with the alien stone, and Fitz is asking Simmons to dinner, and she's like, "Oh, which? Hey, I think I skipped that part." Maybe I didn't write it down. 
I did skip it. So earlier, after May calls Andrew when they're on the base, like Simmons runs in um, to talk to Fitz. And she's like, maybe we could talk about what you said to me at the bottom of the ocean. And Fitz is like, really? Right now? And um, she's like, yeah, well, I feel like there's something to talk about. And Fitz is like, I don't think there is. And he just leaves to go on his mission. And Simmons starts crying. And so this is the follow-up from that is Fitz is like, oh, let's go to dinner. And Simmons is like, really? Okay. Um, and so Fitz leaves. He's like, I'm going to go find out some options for us. And when you're done, come find me. And so Simmons is like so happy and he you know Fitz is whistling and everything's going great and Simmons realizes that the door to the box is open so she goes to close it and the stone turns into liquid and gushes out of the box and sucks Simmons up into t- <laughs> like what the fuck like uh... I feel like okay initial uh non-emotional observation i feel like they at the end of the season were like hey we have a little bit of extra budget for special effects we're gonna really go all out on this one because it looks really impressive yeah it does it but this is also like oh this is so emotionally frustrating it's like no this this is uh, can, uh, should we just go straight into spoilers? You think? Or? Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about spoilers because we're gonna need to spoiler section time. Because <laughs> for for me, like it's just the beginning of really because the first season they were building towards something. Well, they were they were building a little bit of courage. Yeah, and he says he loves her, and then he gets a brain right injury, and he can't <laughs> like communicate for months. <laughs> but I feel like because it was the first time it happened that it wasn't yet. The setup and then and then pulling them apart from each other. The setup of them to get being together and pulling them apart was less like, um, is it uh, Lucy taking the football away from Charlie Brown? Right. But like, but this it, it begins to be that way with this because now it's two fucking season finale two parters in a row. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, hey, you know this couple that everybody's shipping because we set it up. Like we literally gave, we introduced them with their couple name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their shipper name. Yeah. Like, 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 like we, I didn't even we, think about that. We, we, engin- <laughs> we engineered you to want these two characters together. We're going to keep them away just to mess with you. It's like, well, they want they, they want to, we want them to, everybody wants them to, but they won't because they can't. So like, like, like they love this, like this soap opera drama and I'm not complaining. That's just an observation, you know, and they, they know they're not like, unaware of it at this point god in the new season i haven't seen uh the most recent one i think the fourth episode no, no fifth episode of the season has aired but, but i've seen the fourth one have you have you seen the fourth one finally no i've only seen the third but that was enough for me to be like no <laughs> because uh, the third like, one is super weird because that's that's the even that's, the name is named after fear and loathing in las vegas yeah but it's it's fear and loathing on uh, the, the planet kids is down. Which yeah. I, I think has to be a reference to a, uh, an older British comic book uh, artist who's very popular at uh, Marvel over the years, and Barry Kitson. He's okay. been very active since like the '90s, and and like he's had very significant runs on tons of Marvel and DC books. But I, so I assume it's named after him, just particularly because Mark Wade and Jeff Loeb have both, I believe, worked with him. Oh, okay, and, that's cool. Uh, and he worked on the Shield. Mark Wade worked on the Shield uh, co- comic that was an adaptation of the show, and Jeff Loeb, as listeners who pay attention know, and as you and I know, is like the Marvel TV guy who mm-hmm, came mm-hmm. from the comics originally. Yeah. But yeah, the end of that episode just made me scream because <sighs> I was like, "Really? 
season six and we're still doing this? <laughs> like, why? The fact it's that been- they're doing it again, like the, e- literally every season. <laughs> it's, I know. Uh, almost, almost, guys. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> oh, my God. Liter- yeah, literally every season something happens and they get pulled apart. Uh, I, I feel like it's inevitable that this season arc is about them getting back together. They will be reunited. They'll be, I believe they'll be happy for half of this shortened season. And then it will end with them split apart for one last final uh, fake out before the last season next year. Right. And then they'll end up together and we won't care anymore. And they won't, they won't leave us like knowing that it ends messing with us. They can't. God, it's just the worst. The worst. Like, the worst emotional terrorism ever. (laughs) And the weird, like, mathematical extrapolation of this idea to me, like, continuing the pattern. Like, the only reality we've been exposed to where this hasn't happened, where they've been given a break, is the one where the Earth completely falls apart. It's like they have to sacrifice being together. Fuck! I didn't even think about that. That is awful. They're mean. That is so awful. Like the like, only reality that they can be together in is when ever the entire world is like destroyed. Man, you guys are mean wow. shield. Between that and then continuously putting Daisy with the worst dudes. I know. Like, except I did remember because we talked about a bunch about how she always ends up with mediocre white dudes, and she does. But she did have a thing and it was her least explicit thing of all the things, but with, uh, with, with Robbie Reyes. Oh, that's right. And, and of course the least explicit one is the only one who's not a mediocre white guy and who's actually a decent dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but the farther they get away from that, you know, from, yeah. from, from the Lincolns and the wards, you know, she does, she actually got a, a one, one good love interest in there. Shout out to Robbie Reyes. I forgot about that. I'm excited to talk about that season. It's so good. It's so bad. So awful. I'm excited for that show, even though I'm like frustrated. Like I was talking to um, one of my other friends who wants to get caught up on Shield, but also doesn't have Netflix right now. So they're kind of I think just waiting for for Disney Plus, which I get. But they were like asking me about it, and they were so disappointed to find out that like the way they're they're marketing ghost rider is to not be the same one. I don't even like why why I don't understand at all. Same actor like just <laughs> it's just extra confusing. Same actor like like the showrunner is one of the guys who's an executive wrote a bunch of those ep- those episodes like it makes yeah. no sense to me. It's so stupid. I don't understand at all. It's like, oh, you guys liked Ghost Rider on Shield. We proved we could do the special effects on on you know the cheap budget of TV, and we'll get a little bit more of a budget, you know, because of the streaming uh, the deal, and 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 you know, on top of that, we've proven that we can make a story that people like, and we can execute it, you know, perfectly with all these these elements. So we're going to make it completely new and different and separate from that. Like it's only a benefit <laughs> to connect it. There's nothing lost. Like you don't have to, you don't have to retell the story at all. You don't have to mention no. it at all. Just say in the little like descriptions and promotions that it's the same thing, and people will watch it who wouldn't otherwise. I Do think, you think that, that's why. Do you think maybe they feel like they don't have enough audience from Agents of Shield to like understand the origins of Robbie Reyes? 
I th- I think that the reason primarily is a creative choice because from reading what, what little information they've given us, I think they want to give the creators uh, complete freedom and not to be like, you know, whatever harangued by the past continuity. Okay. And both the comic book version and the version we made in Shield takes place in East LA. Like he's a Los Angeles native. Yeah. But in the episode descriptions or the show show descriptions that they've released, it says it all takes place on the Mexico Texas border. He so can move. He doesn't I, have to. I, that's how I feel. <laughs> but I think it's because they're tr- they're going to tell his origin again. They're like, we can't we can't mention that he grew up in, a, in East LA and then have him move to Texas. Like that's too confusing. But it's literally like like. I know from little experience I have with Hollywood that like there's someone in every one of these, every one of these meetings that just talks to hear their voice yeah. be heard and so that they will be remembered so they don't get fired or looked over and they just and on top of just saying anything that, that they think of they underestimate the fuck out of their audience and some yep. people like do need their hands held but they assume everyone does all the time on everything yeah which is and so annoying. It is. It's really frustrating. Cause like when they just like, who cares, man? Like for one, if it's, if it's open-ended, like the, the whole, uh, in game, you know, the, 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 the authors disagree with the directors on how the time travel worked. Yeah. It's like, hey, maybe, maybe just let the work speak for itself. I think there is something to be said. It's, it's okay, but it could be interpreted both ways from the way it's presented. Like, yeah. I think that's, that's cool. That m- more stories should be like that and they and and i feel like i mean it wouldn't fix most of their problems but guys like uh you know whatever the douchey kasdan jr or uh, <laughs> uh, uh off and wise or whatever like these guys would be less annoying sometimes if they just shut up yeah i agree <laughs> like, 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 they wouldn't it wouldn't make them not problematic or make them perfect by any means but it's just like hey Stop defending your stupid shit and just take it on the chin and do better next time. Yeah. Because <laughs> they do like, like a lot of these people like end up working with people, you know, hiring on or working with people who are different from them after they get these criticisms. But it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as meaningful if you like dig your heels in and like, I never do anything wrong. I'm an ally. <laughs> like uh, just say, no, I messed up. It's, it's okay. Real, it's real easy <laughs> to just say that. <laughs> Good lord. Um, so back to this act, the actual two-parter. Um, yes. how do you feel about this season? Looking back, like after us rewatching this, it has such strong things, and I feel like the first half, even though the direction felt weird and, and the pacing wasn't at all what we ever whatever what we were expecting. I think some of that was in, was to its advantage. I think the first mm-hmm. half I enjoyed more, and I think that there's a twofold issue or maybe threefold issue with the second half being less satisfying and that's the way Ying's story played out is essentially and like intrinsically frustrating yeah it's not bad it's well acted it's well written it's well executed you know we, you, we talked in the last i think two episodes we recorded maybe even three about how mo's involvement i think makes it all the difference and it mm-hmm. definitely feels not exploitive or hateful or just like wrongheaded, like at all, yeah. even though it even, but in our culture, when so many of these depictions are done that way, it's really hard to not have anything that's fridge adjacent feel f- fucked up. And mm-hmm. they've already literally fridged her once. Yeah. <laughs> so, and them giving him a, 
like I blocked out completely how they resolved Cal's storyline because like you you called it because you'd already watched ahead mm-hmm. and you were telling me about it, but I was just like, no, they don't redeem him that much, do they? Because I think for me as a viewer, it's not, it doesn't ring true. I don't feel like he's redeemed. No, like like, like yes, was he in the extenuating circumstances? But like you said, the way Jiaying's powers worked, like made her a fucking life vampire made her made her the way she is like how are you supposed to be a vampire and like eat people and be cool like you don't like like, humans aren't just born most of them some i mean yeah i I have my kids who are like born wanting to be a vegetarian or whatever (laughs) but like you know you if that is a moral choice you make because you know to learn and yeah would see people as food on some level just naturally after that evolution it like yeah that, like for her to lose touch with humanity or lose empathy that's survival technique yeah like but, but, but like so trying to use her situation to rob us of empathy for her and engender it in cal feels it approaches problematic or fucked up it's yeah. not but it's close enough to it that it makes it feel a little uncomfortable it is uncomfortable um, and I can't quite put my finger on it because, like, on paper, like, yeah, like, there's more than one Asian woman on the show. So, like, it's not that Jaying is, like, embodying some type of stereotype, but it's like, yeah, she's fridged, like, her story, like, twice, essentially. And Cal is the one that kills her to, like, to redeem himself. Like, yeah, that's, like, I feel like you needed it to be that. I think like you needed it to be Daisy, and they needed to just take it to where the only real redemption for Cal come from the brainwash, and yeah, like, he's not really redeemed. Yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, like that moment is just so painful because of everything that Cal's been through. Also, and he's he is a complex character, and he's I don't know, like like having having either of them kill her is awful. But I feel like because of Cal's history with Jaying, like it's even more painful to have him kill her. Yeah, I think for Daisy, it's sad, but it feels so much less fucked up to have our Asian character killing her. Yeah. It feels just less fucked up than her white lover. Yeah. Who yeah. She, who she wronged <laughs> somewhat against her own will, you know, because of her nature or whatever. But it's also like just that part of it. Like, yes, we're introduced to Gordon and Lincoln and, and, and Raina, although it doesn't. Uh, fix the issue of of being a woman of color is the one who happens to be the evil one. Who's yeah, that make her evil. Yeah. And she, you know they're <laughs> in this foreign, but like kind of isolationist land. So like in a weird way, it also what could have been a metaphor about imperialism or uh, you, you know greater world powers like exerting their will on smaller communities and whatnot, and felt like it was approaching something like that. Instead, just became okay now. The imperialist colonial guys and military action guys, they're just the good guys. Yeah. And yes, are there guys like, you know, Colson and Gonzalez in the military and in government? Absolutely. There are dudes who try and do the right thing, who who stand stand up for what's right. And you know, like those guys, they step down every time we get a new Republican president and make a big show of it. And it happens. Yeah. It happens yeah. every every time. But like at the same time. Like that's not the general truth. Like, like, and it, so it doesn't ring true. I and I'm not like trying to be down on, you know, service people or anything by any means. But I'm just saying, like, in this situation, it feels like more often than not, it's the invading force that's 
little little fucked up. And yeah. I usually try just misunderstood trying to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, this is like a kind of a glorified like moral situation that would never happen in real life. <laughs> what I think we've seen so much from Mo and 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 Jed that is meaningful that it. It, it, it it's kind of jarring to see something that feels so far off the mark if it's going to be politicized. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel the same way. Um, yeah, there's like issues. I think if you s- sit down and really look at everything, like you said, but like. Yeah. Oh, and uh, my ma- other major Lincoln's existence. <laughs> is, wait, say that again? Just Lincoln's existence. Oh, yeah. It's a major issue for. for messing up the enjoyment of the second half of the season. No, seriously. He really was because like he didn't have to be that actor. Like he could have been anybody. It was race neutral and it honestly could have been gender neutral. Like oh, like yeah. could have There's been no a woman. Re- it absolutely could have been. I mean, but for whatever reason there shouldn't be any reason why there can't be a gay or a bi character or yeah. a pan character on one of these shows at this point, but like just even thinking of of uh, of like heroic, you know, there's tons of dudes who who like could have played that role. Like you said, like that are not who, white, or, yeah, and mediocre, not, not, not <laughs> who are just just not mediocre. Definitely, there are not mediocre white dudes. Like like there's so many options. Like 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 there's better white dudes if you're gonna go that route. And mm-hmm. you and Jews don't have to go that route every time. You know, like there's no reason that Lincoln Campbell had to be. Oh, had to be a white guy other than to believe that he came from soup money, which again, I think has to be the subconscious thing they were going for. He does. He has just the attitude of a, of a of entitled soup. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that bothered me that I didn't talk about in the recap because it was like a super short scene is um, Lincoln and Gordon have a disagreement in um, the, I think it's the HVAC room or the room with the stone. I can't remember which room it's in, but um, like, uh, Lincoln is pushing back with Gordon about what Jiang's doing. He's like, she just killed a bunch of innocent people. And and um, Gordon's like, look, Jiang will do whatever it takes to protect us. And, and there's this conversation about Lincoln's past and how Jiang like went to great lengths to help him, which seems it, like there was some shadiness in that. And it was just, it just made me roll my eyes because I'm like, really? The mediocre white guy has a troubled past. Like, we haven't seen this story. Yeah. Well, it's like, (laughs) cough, ward, cough, cough, cough. Right. (laughs) It's like, serious. (laughs) We already have that guy on the show, and he was already a love interest or a semi love interest, and he's still around. We don't need another one. I don't know. It just bothered me. I was like, I completely agree. It uh, It just feels. He feels like the safest, weakest choice, and I know that because we've talked, uh, discussed in uh, previous episodes. America has been pushing him on TV for like on oh and off God. for like six years. Like, and yeah, they try and do that every once in a while. Like, and and sometimes it is someone who just needs a chance to click or whatever. And I, uh, I'm slightly convinced after uh, talking to a little bit to Aaron, one of our uh, most interactive uh, listeners online because uh you know he's originally from the uk and they i guess australian uh soap operas and tv shows in general are more popular there than here yeah. <laughs> I mean, since they're not very popular here yeah, yeah. uh i didn't but, even know that was a thing <laughs> yeah but, but but he said that you know so he was familiar with mitchell at from being on whatever show he was on the longest there 
Oh yeah, because he's Australian. I forgot. Yeah, about that. and it just makes me made me think. Oh, is that part of it? Is part <laughs> of it that he sucks at doing American? Like, do, like am I just yeah. not even believing it? Because like, w- is it is it a thing where if he had an accent, I would immediately love him? Because like, Why it didn't makes they just me let think- him keep his accent. Because there's no reason Lincoln Campbell again unless. To believe he's the heir to the Campbell Super version, <laughs> why? Why can't Stop. he be Australian? <laughs> there's all these reasons it has to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, well, because you know the show Chernobyl on HBO. The reason why everybody has accents, they're all British actors, and the showrunners decided that um, people, tr- when people try to act Russian accents, they be- it, it becomes a whole thing. Like it was just better to have them keep their their normal accents and they can act better <laughs> like their their emotional um brevity that they bring to the screen is more um uh it's it's more pure i guess it's not interrupted by this like overacting of a russian accent like you get that boris and natasha like feel to it it's interesting i don't think it's a bad thing necessarily but i do feel like it's very regressive like like it's just literally the way they used to do it in old school Hollywood when they didn't yeah. give a shit about research and shit and, and, and whatnot or authentic. It was, well, we don't know what ancient Greek sounds like or Latin spoken. So when we do, you know, uh, Greek and Roman, you know, mythological stories or when we do historical epics, biblical era stuff, like that's all just going to be British accent. Yeah. We get that. We well, know how. That's a different intent than, hey, when we try to do Russian accents, it sounds weird and the actors don't act the same. So, <laughs> versus we just don't know. <laughs> no, but it also is just like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a bad choice by any means, but it just is interesting to me because it is still a choice. Like, yeah, it's not as important as, as other things. We've had plenty of representations of, of, uh, of, uh, of Russian culture across the board, I think stereotypical, more nuanced. It's not, they're, they're not a marginalized group in the US, you know? Yeah. It's just, it, 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 the Russians, Russian Americans that do exist are either uh, immigrants who are just going to get shit for being immigrants in general here, or they're white. So they're, you know, pretty well, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> assimilated. They're the fine. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and, but, but like, but at the same time, it's just interesting to me that that is the choice because, like, yeah, absolutely, it's it, it's got to be easier to not do it in a Russian accent. But it also makes me think you can't do a Russian accent without it sounding funny. What are the only examples I can think of off the top of my head of culturally prevalent Russian accents? Boris, Natasha, Yakov Smirnov. Maybe it is a part of xenophobia. Like, yeah. these were our bad guys, through, you know, throughout the 80s, and now they are again because of reality, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, like in our culture, like it, it, it's harder because I don't have as much empathy because they are, you know, white people or whatever. But it is a foreign group that, like, we're just deciding we don't care about doing that accurately. It's difficult, so we're just gonna do the li- like. It is exceedingly li- like. Why don't just have them do, do American accents? Yeah, like, honestly, that's the, like that's something that I was thinking about when I think uh, listening to someone tearing into that awful. Uh, uh, Egyptian, I think was was the gods of Egypt. Was that what oh, yeah. it called? With like yeah. with Gerard Butler and yeah. uh, and uh, Nicolas, what's his face? Uh, the guy from from, uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Lannister with those two as, as fucking Egyptian gods. It's like yeah, the whitest motherfuckers on the planet. God, but Good lord, but like they did British accents, and it's like first off, I think what. 
it, Butler's Scottish, and the other yeah. guy is like what Dutch or not Dutch? What is he? Some kind of Scandinavian. Yeah, like, not yeah, not at all British. It's like yeah. so their accents. It's not Egyptian. It's like it's literally. It, it doesn't feel like it's really any different. Like like you're right, but it's not. It's not. It, it's not as fucked up because it's not marginalizing a, a, a group of, of of people or or intentionally. I think you know, you know brushing anything aside or whatever but just just, it occurs to me that it's not entirely dissimilar you know yeah uh, from that stuff and it it is interesting like like, because i also don't blame them like if you can't get uh who are some of the actors in that like i haven't watched it yet but i know i've seen some of the ads Um, is jared Jared, harris in there yes jared Yeah, like if you can't get jared harris to pull off an accent well like like i've seen him do a bunch of different accents Mm-hmm. You watched Fringe, right? <laughs> he's yeah. amazing. Well, he's amazing. In the Expanse, in he does that like that um, Belter bat- patois really well, and it doesn't take away from the character. I feel like between the two of those roles and and like Mad Men, like, like I've seen him do enough varieties. Like I know, but he's not phoning it in. Like so, yeah. like you say, like. I believe that in this instance, the creators probably tried to do Russian accents. No, they did. Like, and they were working. like, yeah. Yes, no. <laughs> like you can't just recast everybody with Russian immigrants or whatever and like hope that it goes for the best. Like, like that, I get why HBO, they're not, a, they're not an indie movie. You know, they, yeah. Yeah. They've got some, some things limiting them maybe, even though it's weird to think though, but like to think like that is they really do have every opportunity in the world, but at the same time, like, if they just did whatever the fuck they wanted, they lose their funding. <laughs> they have, true. To, they have true. to play to the people who are footing the bill. Very true. Very true. Yeah. It's really weird to think about though. Um, so back to how much we hate Lincoln. <laughs> Mac is great this season. Yeah. The anti Lincoln, like the yeah. rise of Mac. <laughs> yeah. Mac was new to the, to the team this season. I, it's been so long. He's been around for so long. I feel like he's just like, the heart of the team now but he this he started in season two like at the beginning of season two and the way they introduce him with the time jump like because it's what six months something or, like that yeah because jim has been gone and they're go, go, you know and yeah, uh yeah. and fitz has been going through his rehab with with mac <laughs> mac, <laughs> yeah. like, like mac has been the heart of this team since he's been introduced and they introduced him like with uh you know sky and fits like his best fucking friends in the world and then the new other new people who didn't make it out you know uh loved him as well like it's it's just yeah i think bobby and hunter too like they were brand new in this season yeah. and they've really become the heart of the show as well like their romance is i mean very different from fits and simmons but they're also shown as i mean even in this episode like they're shown as the antithesis to 33 and ward reward with yeah. anybody really they're like they're the good version of that though because like she's she's the good ward like it's weird that they drew yes. all the parallels between 33 and, and bobby because i think that's bullshit i think that bobby's basically like able to do what he's supposed to do because like like we talked about in theory ward could have been if he was well done just a modern james bond which is relatively uninteresting when it is just another straight white dude mm-hmm. but like she could have been Again, it's barely any difference, straight white lady. <laughs> but, but at the same time, so much better. Just, yeah. just that difference. <laughs> I would have, I would have thought that May was probably the foil for Ward originally, but maybe just because of like the trauma issues and things like that. But and I think the way she evolves and the way she and Coulson evolve, even though I think like 
just badass agent she is and they even had her opposite ward but yeah she has so much more authority than any of the others even even as awesome as bobby or mac is it's just like there's this place it's it's I think I, I, it, it's in the writing too. It's not just Mingna, but there is the advantage of someone who is as good as her and is as old as her. I think, like, because yeah. she she has like the gravitas of someone who's lived life. Like, like I feel like, like her. Like I was just uh, talking on something online about a uh, uh, Angela Bassett and stuff, and it's yeah. like she still looks like she's in her thirties. Like, like she looks like she's thirty years old. She looks younger yeah. than me, even though she's sixty. Yeah, but, but like, but she always feels like she has the authority and the experience and the wisdom of someone who's sixty. Yes, who's lived life, and like I feel like that they, they Mingna has the same thing, even though she's not. You know, she's what, what like fifty one or whatever. Like she 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 has that. No, Mingna's like fifty five. Is she that old? I yeah. knew she was in her fifties. But yeah, like, but she does. She she has yeah. that vibe uh, still. Like even though she looks young as well. Like like yeah. just she has the vibe of not a mother, but because she's not in the show. You know, at this point, and she kind of becomes one. But she has the just, vibe of like a powerful woman who's has the confidence. Yeah. That yes. confidence of experience and age. Well, and just the leadership vibe. Yeah. Like, like it's on par with Coles. And yeah. it's it's different than the vibe that we get now from the character and and the acting of Mac, you know, who's become a leader because it's earned. Yeah. And it's not and it's like I think Henry Simmons is older than he looks too. <laughs> like, but I think like, he's like, in his I think he's in his fifties as well. I think he's in his early fifties or late forties. Like he's older too. Like these he looks great. This <laughs> show is full of people who are preposterously <laughs> good looking and look way younger. Yeah. What, but I like that. I like that they're casting these like older actors in these roles, even though they do look really young, because it's like ageism is totally a thing in Hollywood. Absolutely. And like and they're just like this is one of the best casts and like these these specific actors of like uh you know Ming Na Wen and Henry Simmons and um what's our our guy what Clark Gregg, his name was slipped my mind for some reason. <laughs> it's gonna take me five minutes. <laughs> but, like these guys are really, really good. Like and yeah. and have good chemistry together. It's like yeah. <laughs> and are oft uh mentioned uh uh <laughs> Uh, heroes alumna alumnus uh or uh general talbot oh god adrian <laughs> pastar yes like nobody's putting him in a bunch of stuff yeah <laughs> but pushing 50 or whatever but i'm glad to see him around yeah and who's the guy that plays andrew i always forget his name but he's an older actor as well oh blair underwood he yeah, is blair underwood yeah and he was like like in at the height of his career, I don't remember him ever breaking out of TV, but I remember him like as the star of LA Law when it was yeah. the number one show, and he was just like the hottest shit. Like I, I remember yeah. being a little kid, like like really little before I was like aware of shit, and remember like my mom and like women, adult women, <laughs> like when the show would come up, being like Blair Underwood is like God, dude, and he is like like fanning he, themselves over. You no, know, he is like probably like. Pro- approaching 60 when these episodes were shot like he looks um incredible like like yeah. the dude does not look fucking old at all like like it's it's crazy to me he was like it is like what late 20s or early 30s when i was like he's 54 a, a child <laughs> yeah he's but 50, yeah fuck, that guy looks so good yeah this, this show is preposterous i know and then i think of kyle mclaughlin who i mean like he has aged but he's still, I mean, he's supposed to look crazy and like, <laughs> so it works with his character. But I mean, like, 
like if you look up pictures of him like from today like he looks he looks fine he looks great like <laughs> and well, he's and in his, he's 60 that just made me think too that like and part of it i think is the way the character is written in the comics and whatnot but even um uh, gabriel luna is a lot older i think than they play robbie like yeah he's significantly older than chloe bennett and they get i mean you don't have to be the same age he can be a bit older in the show for sure but they just don't they don't play him with with having a a, a kid brother yeah like they don't play him as being old yeah and, yeah and it's totally believable again like just it's well cast well acted and there's the, the, that's an interesting point i hadn't really thought of it before but they they do give a lot of opportunities like uh to people who who don't get as many parts it seems like lately because they are past maybe that like 40. Well, especially in an, in an action packed show like this, where it is very focused on combat and like paramilitary stuff, like that's rare too. I mean, even though that most of these characters, I mean, May, obviously Ming-Na's character is very like stunt oriented, um, but like Blair Underwood's character isn't, Kyle McLaughlin's character isn't, Coulson is sometimes like, but it doesn't matter. Like they don't need, and but, I mean, we find out later that Henry Simmons' character, Mac, like he becomes more absorbed in combat but like they don't they don't need to do that but they can like Mingna is continually kicking ass in her 50s her mid 50s like <laughs> this, this also makes makes me think of someone else who i haven't seen a lot of stuff lately now that he's gotten a little bit older just because time passes on tomo pinnicket who we have said <gasps> again and again should should appear as uh uh ian quinn's brother brian quinn <laughs> <laughs> Um, with his good friend. That's right, Lord Rathman. Oh my yes. god, I would be so happy if we get a Lord Rathman appearance for season seven. That would be that would mean everything. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, and I guarantee that Rob Hubel would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> he's an older guy too. Like he, he could true. do some work. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he's got a kid now. Like got a. Yeah. It, 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 he and his he and his real life uh, daughter can act out the, uh, <laughs> the, the the scenes of his son being disappointed and everyone. Oh my god, so great! Um, real quick, I want to talk about Reina because you brought it yes. up briefly before. Um, she's how barely, it's, she's barely in the episode, but she's important when she's in it. But also, she gets killed off, and it upsets me because she's like a such woman. a good character yes and she's like a woman of color <laughs> like she legitimately wants to do good it feels like in the end yeah. and she doesn't get a chance to be redeemed not, not, i'm not saying she's perfect but like yeah. her whole motivation like we talked about it in the lead up to the to the two-part finale like her motivation wasn't entirely to get power but was in part actually legit like oh no like if you let her do this jayin will kill everyone yeah she'll ruin everything yeah. like she did try to do the right thing in the end and i feel like it sucks that she and cal were no more one like like more the victim of their circumstance than the other was no yeah. more like trying to do good than the other really the only difference was one had a daughter and one didn't which again is like that's you know, another it's like, like weird like thing that a lot of especially marvel pushes like if you're if you can't have children or you don't have children you're not worthy there's <laughs> like, a lot of fiction in general it's like well yeah. if you have a kid you're you're worth more. it's like you know what i could even i can sort of understand the logic in something like in game with like when you have children who are 
children still who are minors who are developing who they are as people. Yes, he has a responsibility to someone. So I can understand why Natasha, someone who cares about Clint, would want to spare him of that. Whatever. Yeah, but, but just like, the way that they wrote Natasha as being like not as worthy because you can't have children in multiple films. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, they already had that. No, 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 no. No, no, absolutely. Like, like overall, and just like you said, like there's a general narrative in Marvel, and I think in our in our fiction, in like our modern culture, I think in general, but uh, repeatedly in Marvel, where it's like you're worth more if you have a kid, because like literally, that's what makes him more redeemable. Is he's yeah. just as crazy, he's just as selfish and revenge obsessed, more so than Reyna. Honestly, like Reyna was just lost before. Yeah, like, like, like she was, and she she was willing to do whatever it took. She was she was uh, ruthless mm-hmm. to to an insane degree, but I would say she was less evil and and far less like like rage motivated or revenge motivated than Cal and, and, and overall in the course of the show to me. And it's like I think she's more rede- rede- more worthy of redemption, more redemption like ready as a character, but for the fact that who he has the love of his daughter. Yeah, and it's like that's that's bullshit. Like. People have kids who are scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my brother growing up, his best friend stayed with us when, when he was in high school once because he was really sad because he had to knock out his dad. His dad was trying to drive drunk on his motorcycle away from his house and he wouldn't give him the keys. He wouldn't, wouldn't not drive away drunk. So mm-hmm. when he was like 17 years old, he had to knock his dad unconscious. And he was so sad like he, he immediately drove over to our house and stayed with us for the weekend. And it's like, like that guy is a scumbag. He died a scumbag, and he's uh, not a great dude. And he had a kid. Doesn't make yeah. you a good person or worth more. Like, yeah, there's sad shit. I'm sad for his kid, but like, I can be sad for Sky, and we could have had a great arc with Rana's redemption down the line, and we would have gotten, more, you know, uh, yeah. from from both uh, the actor and the character. I think it would have been good, a good yeah. thing for all of us. Ruth Neg is awesome. More yeah. more Ruth Nega and everything. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I was just a little disappointed that they killed her off, especially at this point where she's finally like coming into her own and realizing what her path is and like how she, how how she can do good, and then she dies, like or she yeah. gets killed. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna figure out how to do good. She gets killed. Cal's pretty crazy, but but he also realizes that he's crazy, so he gets to be yeah. a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> also, like the the supposition that everything that's wrong with him is all trauma it's like he's gonna be fine like he should st- like he still killed a lot of people like yeah they couldn't they couldn't have put him through tahiti and then put him in a nice like minimum security facility where he right. thinks he's a dude who like whatever uh drunk drunk uh drove and killed somebody by accident or whatever and ends yeah. up you know in prison and 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 feels guilt for no there's th- you can have a, a hint at redemption without erasing any consequence. For well, anything. I think that they were implying that like Jiang was the reason that he kind of went mad because like he like brought people. Right. No, but I feel like that's just bullshit. <laughs> I know. He brought people to her for her to, you know, life vampire them. And like he, everything he did was for her. And so like, if they erase the memory of her, like it's all good now. Here's my backseat quarterback of, for, for their setup. Uh, Cause I have the perfect setup for like, like I, I could make a, I could make an ongoing romantic TV show about these characters. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because he could, he's a fucking doctor. 
Yeah. He couldn't set up, he couldn't get a job in palliative care and have her come work on as a medical assistant or something. Yeah. I mean, she's, she could literally take the life of people who are dying and help alleviate their pain while doing so. It's like, yeah, they could, they could turn it into something good to sustain herself. Or maybe she could just not use her power and just die like a normal person. <laughs> well, maybe she needed it to live. We don't know. Oh, like, yeah, like, they, they have talked about how, like their biology changed everything, but it's like, we also know he's willing to fucking inject himself with super steroids and shit. Like he's probably cool with trying to f- figure out a, a fix, you know? Or yeah. To, that's I, true. I, there's, there's ways around it. And, yeah. and uh, I, I think it's lame. Like you said, to blame her, like like I, I had said, like I feel like they want us to believe it's all the trauma, yeah. and even worse to like blame her specifically. It's like yeah. bullshit. That's not fair. That's not fair. It, in reality, it's Hydra's fault. <laughs> I blame Hydra. Um, but I do find it interesting that they like set him up with a vet clinic instead of like a. a uh, like medical practice again like <laughs> like you go take care of animals instead of people you can't be around people like we don't trust you quite that much <laughs> i thought that was funny because treating animals and humans just you know it's the same no big deal like you don't need to go into you know vet school for that or anything <laughs> god did i lose you no no oh you're here okay no, I, I your little thing wasn't lighting up <laughs> oh I, I was thinking about it because like it is <laughs> no it is uh, uh that's something that happens over and over again but it's just like how every scientist can do whatever yes in comics and in they're movies. experts in all all areas of science <laughs> God. you know what's okay one thing about endgame that i really appreciated that they did with bruce banner's character is like they made it very obvious that time travel was not his area of expertise and so he fucked it up like continuously thank you Overall, all the Avengers movies frustrate me because of the line of logic that they used. It's the stupid pedant in me that still remembers my annoyance at Hank Pym not creating Ultron. Yeah. Where it's like, well, it only makes sense because if they're going to use him in Ant Man, why would a shrinking, why would a guy who who makes things shrink, why would he know about artificial intelligence? Why why does an engineer know about artificial intelligence? (laughs) <laughs> the same. None of them are the same. No. Nope. Well, like, so I do. I, I and, and they they sort of like they lean into the joke a little bit. Where they uh, is it in either in Age of Ultron? I think it's in Age of Ultron when they ask Tony, "We're like, when are you an expert in this or that?" And he's like, "Last night I read a book or whatever." It may have been in the first Avengers movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think. And, and so they at least they they at least acknowledge that they're they doing the trope. Yeah. yeah. So 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 I can accept it a little bit. And and like you said, they actually they really do play it play it up, and they play it up for their like signature humor, where it's just integrated into the story for the way it plays out with Hulk. So like just in general, Hulk was one of the best parts of it. Game, I like, agree. <laughs> like Mark Ruffalo, the fact that he was so much more Mark Ruffalo, and some of that dialogue I know, like written exactly in those words that you can just tell. Well, like, like the whole line where he says, uh, "Like, listen to your mom; she knows better." <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, that sounds like something I've heard him say, like in interviews. Like, just the way he phrased it, it was, it was like, it just makes it makes me happy to think that he's there on set in his weird, you know, like com- compression suit with the sensors all over, with yeah. dots glued to his face, while they're all at a diner and they're people like extras dressed who are just regular little kids <laughs> coming up and talking to mark ruffalo i mean that became that scene like that's so cool I know, and knowing is- how amazing 
funny uh, Paul Rudd is in that scene. <laughs> like him being so put out. That, that is like probably my favorite part of that whole movie. I know. That and the taco <laughs> scene too is just like my favorite. I want I want a whole series of Hulk just going around making everybody's day better. <laughs> when the taco scene then leads directly into him and Rocket on the yes. truck with <laughs> playing. Like that's that just hits me. Like all the scenes with him are great. And in the fact that he's the only one who's who's not uh given Thor uh extra shit. Yeah. <laughs> like he's actually extra he's really sweet to Thor. I know. Nice. Oh, he's so good. Well oh, before I really we wish we could get a Hulk movie. <laughs> I know. Well, you never know. Um Marvel I mean Disney's gonna buy everybody soon, so that's true. And I always forget <laughs> I, I, I think it's is it universal? I always say Paramount when it's really universal or or vice versa i don't even yeah. know anymore i don't, know I don't even think anymore. paramount exists <laughs> i think they, i think universal owns paramount so yeah <laughs> <laughs> who knows oh god but yeah we'll see maybe disney will buy universal soon and we'll so, have... <laughs> just everyone remember while disney is buying everything it's, it's always not... been that way like they owned clerks was put out <laughs> by disney and we just oh didn't feel like nobody thought about it back then because we didn't have imdb <laughs> Oh my god! You I don't know. Variety it's... to pay attention to the shit like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the not, gr- it's not great. Uh, oh, it's I... worse. It's worse. Like yeah. it's it's building towards. I I feel like it's got to just be what whatever is going to bring on the Mad Max reality. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, wait, wait. That's what we don't realize is that the situation that, that Mad Max is in with all that uh, shit. In, in those movies is is because of a war between Disney and Warner Brothers. Oh <laughs> it's God. it's literally going to be the Snyder Cut morons that bring about the apocalypse. This is super off topic, but have you seen those videos on Twitter lately of people being mean to the robots and the robots like fighting back? Like they're I heard, playing, like I heard of one that was supposed to, supposedly fake. People were freaking out about or whatever. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like they're throwing things at the robot or they're like hitting them or playing like um what is it called like when you're in a pickle in baseball and you like throw the ball over. Oh yeah. A monkey in the middle. Monkey in the middle. Thank you. It's been a long time since I've thought about that. Um, But yeah. And I was just like, I'm so upset by it. I'm like, stop being mean to the robots. I know it's all fake and staged, but it just upsets me because no, and like, we're going to have a robot apocalypse. <laughs> it, it, it just feels like, we're, like if human history has taught us nothing, it's that we don't learn from our mistakes and yeah. that we constantly, like read 1984 and then look at how Donald Trump interacts with media and the news and reality yeah. and like like and just like the world we live in right now where people are like oh I don't care about facts I just want to hear the things I want to hear it's like we've been warned <laughs> we've been explicitly warned the methods everything about like everything and this isn't the first time so I feel like with all of our fiction there's two things I know Robots are gonna. Or if if we let robots become artificially intelligent, they will figure out they're better than us and will turn on us. Yeah. Don't give monkeys power, and <laughs> and time travel is dangerous. Don't fuck with it. <laughs> I think that's that's what fiction sci-fi is talking. And don't mess with like weird viruses in the lab because they're gonna get out and turn everyone into. <laughs> oh, there's there's my uh, my good excuse for my for as we're wrapping up for my. Very brief and obligatory at this point. Ducktales uh, reference. Yes, but I was. I caught something I, I hadn't paid attention to uh, in an episode uh, where there's a like a reference to it, the real real life Doomsday Vault, where they have all the uh, plant seeds in Antarctica frozen in this in this vault. Yeah, yeah. And this deep freeze in case anything happens, so we can restart. 
plant life and we would have all of our varieties still. Uh, and in it, uh, the character Professor Von Drake from all the Disney stuff with the thick, yeah, was he also speaking of fake accents, the thick, yeah. fake German accent, but he leaves a video will to his family talking about this thing as he's dead in the story. Uh, and because you know, he's from the 70s and 60s and whatnot, yeah. of course, he's dead now <laughs> in, in a surprisingly adult cartoon. But he mentions all the potential things that could destroy the world, that why we need these seeds. And at one point, he mentions basically a zombie virus. But he talks about that will hyper evolve, uh, you know, a species of you know, like like violent hairless apes that will like conquer the earth or whatever. But he basically <laughs> he's presupposing that the all animal world of Disney of Mickey Mouse and Tailspin and and Ducktales and Donald Duck and everything is a. Uh, like pre-human history <laughs> that yeah, they yeah. will become our world that we will call humans will evolve and conquer the oh duck God. people that live on earth. <laughs> the duck so people. so it's 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 where we came from it's historical fact apparently it's oh a god good lord the newest wrinkle leave it but to ducktails <laughs> They, on, that, <laughs> on that note where can people find you on the internet uh, people can find me at I Snow Nothing for for the time being, as we discussed previously. Yeah, for all know. the Ducktales content. <laughs> well, not yeah, that's true. Well, and I mean, between the, the refocus back to Ducktales, I could just all the I could just go back to my original Twitter screen name because it was a Ducktales reference, or uh, you know, just change it because I don't know. I I still we talked about it. I don't hate Jon Snow, but at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say he he as a character has been ruined, yeah. but a lot of stuff associated with him has yeah, been ruined. I agree. I agree. But where can people find you? You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are available on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean if you listen on the web. And I will get us on Spotify soon, I think. Yeah. Relatively. There's some issues with that. Yes, so that's that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh that's both our bads. But um maybe coming soon. Um oh you can also listen to us on but why though podcast.com. Yes. Um definitely do that. Give that website some clicks. Thank you all for listening to this wrap up of season two of Agents of Shield. Um We'll be back with season three soon. Thanks for listening yeah. to Project Heaty. It's still a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. <laughs> Excuse me. I've cough. I'll edit that out. Um, but uh <laughs>